Mic check, mic check, one, two. What is up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Locker Room Podcast. I'm your host, Wyatt Lister, and today we have a very, very special guest, Matt Olodegway. Matt, how are you? Doing good, bro. How are you? Doing great. little early morning for me. We're going to get through this. We'll have a great time. Matt, just briefly introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, my name is Matt Lodegray. Um, I go by People Call Me Matty Ice. I'm a college, well, now former former college hooper and a content creator. Yep. Matt, how many followers do you have on TikTok? I have about 275, 275K. Big on TikTok. We'll plug all of his Instagram, TikTok stuff in the description at the end of the episode. But Matt, let's get right into it. How were you introduced to basketball? Um, man, it was when I was younger about had to be like when I was like around like three or four. My mom and my brother, like I remember we were just outside and we had a little court outside uh, of our house. And, you know, we were just balling. And then like since then, I don't know, I just kind of fell in love with the game, got introduced into some like local uh, small YMCA leagues like coming up as like, you know, um, like elementary school days. And then from there, I just kind of fell in love with like the competitive like nature of the game. And like since then, just been hooping ever since. You talk about competitive nature. Uh, I wanted to bring up, you grew up with three brothers. How did your three brothers really shape your competitive nature? Yeah, like, man, we used to be in the in the house. Uh, I don't know, man. We played every sport for, like, we used to play soccer, you know, be balls all over the place, like, almost breaking windows and stuff. Like, you know, like I said, we used to have court outside, be balling on that. You know, uh, it was a little court, too, so we tried to duck on each other. And I don't know, just... <laughs> You know, being around like three, you know, boys, uh, three of my brothers, like <clears throat> really just, you know, kind of, we always had to be competitive and try to beat each other out in something, you know what I mean? No doubt about it. So you brought up your mom. Your mom, you said, was your biggest influence growing up, just overall in the game of basketball and life. How did she help you get to where you are today? It's hard to like, man, she did a lot of things, you know, like if it was encouraging me, you know, like as a young like kid to like, you know, do well in school or to like keep going in basketball because basketball hasn't always been easy for me. So, you know, keep going to school, basketball, if it was like, you know, praying for me, you know, it, like the little things that sometimes, you know, we don't even see as kids like our mom's doing for us. Like if it was trying to, I don't know, like even the little things like cooking for us, you know, oh, you, yeah. you can't take you know, we can't take anything for granted. So just like, just her being, you know, just a great parent, like really like, you know, kind of influenced, yeah. influenced me to this day. No, for sure. Just, you know, instilling hard work and just making sure you're appreciative of everything. For sure. Being in college now, I miss home cooked meals so much. Same here, bro. We appreciate it so much more. Oh, for sure. When it, When you're not having as much, oh, no doubt about it. So let's start to move up to high school. You went to Concord High School in Delaware. What was like the biggest thing that made you stand out in high school to be able to play at the Division three level? I mean, in high school, I wouldn't, I don't know. Like, so I was actually underrated, you know, in high school. Like, 
I was kind of like one of the smaller kids on my team, you know, skinny. Um, you know, you can, you, if you would watch me play, like you can know I would, um, you could know that I could hoop, but like I wasn't like I I appealing, you know, to coaches and stuff right. like that. So it was it was tough for me uh, to get noticed to play uh, D three. Um, I actually had zero offers out of high school until like late in my senior year. Um, you know, my old coach at like homing, Coach McGarry, found me at a. Uh, under the radar division or under the radar um, AAU tournament, so it was like a game where I just you know kind of did my thing, and luckily he was there, um, and he offered me. But until then, it was tough for me to kind of get looks. Like I would email coaches with my film all the time and try to you know make calls, and it was a point where I thought like I probably wasn't going to be able to play in college. Right. You know, going back to, like, my mom, she would, like, encourage me to keep going, you know, keep going to these AAU tournaments. Shout out to my AAU coach, Coach Shep, like, you know, providing me with that platform to go and to play, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it was tough, but, like, you know, I'm grateful for the journey and how it all would uh, planned out. No doubt. It seems like you've truly made it brought up your AAU coach so how much did your AAU coach help you out when it came to recruiting or was it just not until the very end like super late like you said yeah I mean he would like you know I know for probably for sure like he would put in words for me Uh but you know sometimes nowadays especially in the recruiting world bro like it's it's even that like it's tough you know it's tough to kind of get a coach to like yeah, it's tough to kind of get a coach to be like, yeah, I want him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they got to see you play a couple of times, you know. So, like, he, he helped me, you know, kind of get my name out there. But ultimately, that wasn't enough. What he really did was just um, provide me, like, with the opportunity to play, you know, for his team and, you know, go to these tournaments. We didn't know if we was going to get recruited or not. We didn't know if coaches were going to be there. Um, we just knew that we just had to play. And luckily, luckily, uh, you know, my college coach was there and he, he's, uh, he said, I remember he said, you know, your game just stood out to me. So yeah, that's how it all went went down. Oh, for sure. If you've listened to the preview episode, I bring up the competitive level of college sports and more specifically college basketball is so incredibly high. And I brought up there's so many talented players who just never got that opportunity and never got that good luck. Right. You know, whether it's, you know, you deal with a bad coach and you don't get that playing time or maybe your team doesn't perform well overall. So you you can't get a look from a coach or coaches don't show up to the tournaments. So you play in there's so many factors that go into like why someone can't play, even though, you know, they may have the skill level and they may have that work ethic and just pure just like you're a hooper but you know sometimes it doesn't all work out obviously coming from you I mean you were fortunate enough to you know get that look late get picked up and now you've played five years of college basketball with a pretty crazy story to tell yeah yeah bro it's it's factors a lot of factors into it I mean yeah like I like if there's kids out there and you know I get dms all the time like yo I can't Get recruited and I'm overlooked and I'm like yeah bro I feel you I was once there like 
man, like it'd be really some real hoopers out here who just never get that opportunity. And uh, it's sad, but like, man, if you keep working and, you know, putting yourself out there, like you can't just wait for an opportunity to come. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? You got to be emailing coaches and stuff like that and, you know, putting yourself in situations. So that's kind of what I did. Yeah. So when it came to me, I remember I was a sophomore in high school. You definitely know uh, Devontae Friga is. Yeah. So I discovered him when he was super small on YouTube. He was probably like 23, 24K. And this was when he was still at Mount Union. And I remember like shooting him a DM. And I was like, hey, like I'm a sophomore in high school. Like I want to be able to play at the next level someday. Like what is the best way I can set myself up for success? I I remember he replied and he was just like, keep your head down and keep working. Like no matter what happens, like a coach doesn't email you or you talk to a coach and it falls through, just like keep going. And that was, you know, I think incredible, you know, coming from you kind of having that same thing. Like it's that same mentality, you know, not everyone gets the opportunity to be recruited at a high level. So it's, you know, what can you do to set yourself up for success in the best way possible? So what are you most proud of from your high school career? My high school career? Uh, man, like, it was shaky, bro. I ain't going to lie. Like, my high school career, um, it was highs and lows. But looking back at it, you know, I could say, like, I was thankful for kind of, like, the journey of it, you know, like, the highs and lows, you know. Um, you know, beginning of my beginning of my high school career, I was, like, on a freshman team as a freshman. JV, got on JV started you know kind of that was like my first year of just playing a whole season you know as a starting guard you yeah know what I mean? and i got that experience on jv and i think that helped me with my confidence and then once i got to varsity next year as a junior it didn't go so well uh, i had some issues with the coaches and uh, we just yeah it just didn't work out kind of and then my senior year we had got a new coach and I did it. I had a really good year, like, you know, started all the year, all, uh, all the whole year, captain, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of, kind of got my confidence ready for me going into college. So, um, I'd say just my favorite or what I took away from my high school career is just like the, the journey, bro, the highs and lows and how it shaped me to get ready for college. Yeah, no doubt. High school basketball is an experience like no other. Yeah, I miss it. <laughs> oh, the team bus rides, just hanging out. Oh, man. Yeah. It, it was all great, and the environment's crazy, especially when you're playing against big schools. Let's move up to college. You get into Lincoln College, and you come in your freshman year, and you're able to start, from what I read, over half of your freshman games. What was it like coming into the program and being able to start as a freshman? It was it was great, bro, and it, it did so much for my confidence. So, starting off in the beginning of the year, you know, I was just trying. I was just a small freshman, just trying to find my way. We had kind of like an older team, a first year head coach. So, um, you know, and it was a successful program. So we were we were put at a standard, and I just kind of tried to survive. You know what I mean? And find my role. And you know, at first in the beginning of the year. Um, I was just learning, you know what I mean? And 
thankful. I'm thankful for my coach. Like I didn't start like like you said, like the first half games. And um, when I did get in, though, it was a learning experiences. Like I kind of felt the speed of the game, you know, kind of just finding my way. Um, but then at the same time, I made sure and I remember telling myself, like, yo, just play free, you know, because uh, your your talent is eventually going, you know, make room for you. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's kind of what I did. And then, like, middle of the season, we had some kind of, like, team issues. You know, some guys had to uh, stop playing for a little bit. And, you know, it was kind of like met next man up mentality. And I was ready. And what I got plugged into the starting lineup. And then I just, like I said, I just kept that mentality where it's like, yeah, I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm still going to be aggressive. I'm still going to play my game. And my coach let me do that. Like, like Coach McGarvey was probably one of the first coaches who really believed in me as a player. Um, so I kind of just used that as, uh, you know, use that as confidence too and just play my game. And then since then, it kind of just took off. Like, my freshman year was really – I really enjoyed my freshman year. Yeah, seems like you did. You set the school record for most threes in a single game your freshman year. You hit 11 in a high-scoring game over Hood College. What was that feeling like? Nah, it was wild. Like, <laughs> even looking back at it, like, bro, it was crazy. Um, yeah, like, so that whole year, like, like I said, we were kind of like an up and down team. Um, and we didn't have really, uh, like, we weren't, we didn't make the playoffs or anything. So, like, it was towards the end of the year. Um, and we just, we just was hooping. You know, we really had no pressure on us. And uh, I kind of, like, I had a bunch of games under my belt. So I was already kind of confident. You know, I had a couple of good games before them. So I just came in slinging, like, I had really no fear and they were playing a two, three zone uh, that game. First mistake. (laughs) Exactly. So once, you know, coach told me like usually before every game, me and coach McGuire would like get a quick workout in, like quick shooting workout in for a game. And he, he, you know, he told me like, yo, they play zone today. And he told me like, I remember he's like, you're going to have a big game. I'm like, okay, we'll see. We'll see. And then, yeah, I ended up knocking down 11 threes. Um, yeah, bro. And, after, like, I was in the zone. Like, I didn't know it was a record or anything mm-hmm. like that. I was just playing. And then, you know, after the game, I hear them saying, freshman Matt Lodeway set a, you know, record for most threes in the in the Lycoming game. And I was like, wow. Like, dang, that's really crazy. And, you know, I, I thank God because, like, you know, I couldn't have done it without him. And then, you know, it just goes to – it just – it was for me, it was a full circle moment because, like, all the work that I put in, like, paid off. And once I did that, I was like, oh, yeah, I could I could really, you know, have a great career here. You know, I got, I got rookie of the – or I got player of the week – you know, and that was big for me, big for my confidence, like to finally get recognized in my work uh, being like my work showing in game. So, yeah, for sure. That's got to be such a moment of pride coming from someone who 
even you call yourself underrated, I'd believe it, uh, you know, coming out of high school with no offers, being picked up late, coming off the bench and then being thrown into a starting role and then being able to set a school record and be named player of the week must be a feeling like no other to finally kind of get recognized for, you know, something you've worked so hard at and you're finally, you know, getting that recognition you really deserve. Yeah, for sure, bro. And it was a great feeling. And But, like, since then, that kind of set the tone for my college career. Like, people, teams would scout. Like, I would not get open looks. Like, so <laughs> it was a blessing and a curse. But, uh, nah, it was, it was great, bro. Did you have to change the way you kind of played to be able to score when you're getting scouted like that? Because they know you're a shooter, so you probably have to change. You know, you have to move off the ball more. You have to be more creative when it comes to scoring. Yeah, I, yeah, it was little things I had to change. Um, you know, I know, like, sometimes if I get the ball in the wing, I might have to give him a pump fake, you know, so he could go jumping in the air and either do a sidestep or go by him. You know, little things like that, uh, uh, you know, uh, I had to make the change. Like, for example, another change I had to make or something I implemented was, like, you know, sometimes um, sprinting to the corner, you know what I mean? Like if I sprint to the corner, I know I'm going to get followed, which means the guy with the ball has a clear lane, you know, because they're not going to help off of me. So, right. you know, I feel like once I kind of got off that game, especially like games after that and throughout my whole career, it kind of made it easier for like the team that I played on. So, yeah, because you become that threat. And then it just opens up everything else for sure. Exactly. So let's move up towards COVID. I mean, COVID had an effect on everyone, but how specifically did it affect your college career? Uh, Yeah. So the year before that, we won the championship and the year. So then, yeah. And then COVID, I hit the next year and, you know, I was a junior at the time. It was my junior year and, it was tough, bro. Like, man, the, the testing and all that stuff was just annoying. Uh, you know, we couldn't really do anything. Excuse me. We couldn't really do anything on campus. We were literally just hitting practice uh, and then, you know, homework. And the first semester of the whole year was just practice. And at times, I'm not going to lie, it got boring. Like, we're playing against the same guys every year or every day we're just in practice. Um, but we ended up having a small season, uh, seven games, um, just straight conference conference games. And we ended up winning the championship of, of that year. It was kind of the COVID year championship. So we won that. And uh, yeah, it was good. It was just uh, really um, challenging to stay locked in throughout the process but at the end since we won like it was rewarding Mm, no doubt about it how are you able to stay locked in and you know such a crazy situation like the pandemic and only being able to practice for a whole semester against the same guys every day yeah I kind of just looked at the bigger picture like you know um I was only a junior I knew I had like a year left uh, at the time, like, I didn't know we were going to have an extra year due to COVID. So, I, I mean, I knew, I, I just knew that I wanted to continue to build and keep getting better, you know what I'm saying? Because I know, like, 
I knew one day COVID would end, so I just wanted to stay ready uh, and just evolve as a player. Like, even though we weren't playing, like, actual games, we were just practicing. You know, my goal and what my goal has always been, you know, through basketball is just to get 1% better every day. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, if I'm slacking in practice, like, I'm not getting better. I'm just wasting my time. So I will just try to stay locked into that 1%. For sure. So with COVID, you know, everyone was given an extra year of eligibility. What made you come back to college basketball to play a fifth year? Good question. Yeah. I mean, so my senior year, I really, I had a really good year. Like last year, uh, it's really good. We were fifth seed. We made a deep run in the postseason um, and we lost in the championship. It would have been our third championship ring. Uh, mm-hmm. And it would have been it would have been tough, but we lost by three in the championship, and I don't know, kind of losing like that, like it left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, but and then at the same time, you know, I did want like a full season. You know, like technically, you could say I only played three in three three years. Of, yeah, three years of college basketball because, yeah. you know, my junior year due to COVID, we only played seven games. Like, seven games right. is like this. Nothing. Yeah. So I wanted the full experience. Yeah, I wanted the full experience. Uh, it was an opportunity to get my master's degree, which, you know, would be beneficial in the future. Um, and then, you know, I get to build and I get to keep playing, build on my social media platform. So, yeah, I just thought it was a win-win for real. Oh, no doubt about it. So did you decide to start doing social media going into your fifth year or was it a little bit before that? I actually started social media during the COVID year. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, my junior year. It was towards the end of the year. Uh, January, actually. January 2021 is when I started social media. Like I said, we were just going from practice to school. And I just got bored and so uh, TikTok started to uh, kind of make it rise and people started to get on it. So I was like, you know what? Might as well get on it. You know what I mean? And guys like Friga, you know, his documenting of D3 kind of influenced me too. I was like, man, I could do the same thing. So I kind of just, you know, started and it took off from there. I think that lane, like, Friga built was so unique and such a unique niche to not only just college hoopers, but division three college hoopers. I mean, you know it yourself. We talk a lot about how underappreciated division three athletes are and the true talent like you have to have to be able to play at the D3 level. And I think Friga just opened that lane wide open for guys like you to, you know, go in and tell your own story and make your own content about it. Yeah, man. Friga, Friga definitely um, paved the way. I, I think the other day, like he uh, posted a video about Mount Union now and their run, and I. Yeah, no, I I saw that. Yeah, I, I, I had to comment. I'm like, yo, bro, like this is dope, and I actually thanked him. I'm like, yo, bro, like you kind of paved the way for me, and you know, and what I've been able to do with social media, and like you said, highlighting D three hoopers because it's definitely some hoopers. Uh, in D3. Oh, no doubt about it. There's so many guys in D3 who could easily play at higher levels. You probably know it yourself. You've probably played against guys who are probably legitimate low-level D1 players who just 
you know, said, I want to be able to get, you know, more playing time or I want to have a better experience and, you know, play it lower at the D3 level. Exactly. So you end up transferring, going into your fifth year to Lancaster Bible. How did um, that decision to transfer go down? Yeah, so I left Lycoming because they didn't have a master's program. Uh, yeah, or okay. else I would have probably just stayed, you know, played four years, might have did might mm-hmm. as well than the fifth year. But no, nah, it didn't make sense to go back and just, like, I don't know what I would have, what classes I would have took, you know, because I already graduated. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of why I left. So, I mean, for an athlete, but, you know, as a student as well, how important do you, you know, put school with basketball now that, you know, you're going to be able to graduate this spring and get your master's? Yeah, bro. School is important. Like, I mean, you can't forget about it because, like, without the grades, you won't be able to play. Um, and then, you know, it's bigger, it's bigger things in basketball, like, you know, which you can learn through your studies can definitely carry you, uh, you know, through life after basketball and stuff like that. So for sure, just kind of staying on top of it, you know, it all comes down with discipline too. Like discipline right. is important in life, you know, basketball, education, whatever you do. So like just staying on top of it, uh, you know, is, is definitely important to at least stay on the court, you know? So to say the least, you've, you know, had a pretty successful college career. You have a school record, multiple time player of the week, multiple conference championships. You've led your conference in three pointers attempted and made. So looking back over the past five seasons of college basketball, what are you most proud of? Yeah, bro. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the journey, you know, uh, Proud of myself too, you know. You gotta give yourself some props sometimes, you know. Uh, like the journey, man. Like is it hasn't been always easy. It's been highs and lows. There's been times where, uh, you know, I it was it's been tough, like for real. Um, even this year, like, um, but then it's also been highs and like through the highs and lows, like I became a better person, and it's really going to carry me. Uh, you know, in my next chapter in life. And yeah, I'm just thankful. And uh, I'm thankful for all the like relationships I built, all the coaches, teammates. Uh, I'm thankful for like what, like the platform that I've built through college basketball, you know what I mean? Uh, So it's just like the little things, like like you said earlier, like the bus rides, lift sessions, hotels like that stuff bro you, you're always going to remember that and yeah I'm just thankful for it all honestly and then like I said I'm proud of myself like because you know there's been people who've been who's doubted me before people who like probably would never even think that I would have played college basketball probably some old coaches who thought I would have never played college basketball so you know I'm proud that I you know proud of myself to continue to fight through the adversity that I faced, you know, and. Oh, for sure. You have a lot to be proud of. So let's start, let's start to move back over to social media. How do you think TikTok helped your college basketball career? How did it really affect it? It, I'd say it definitely helped. Uh, Some people might think it it would have hurt it, but it helped. Um, 
like it just it helped me have more of a purpose like when I'm on the court you know I'm trying to you know like I got a community of people believing in me and rooting for me so that gave me another sense of purpose to continue to work hard so I can you know make make my community proud uh it it also it was funny like I mean people would recognize me uh from other teams and you know, come up to me before and after games and just say, what's up? I would get hate too, you know, which was also fun. You know, I would be uh, near their benches and then they would say little comments like, yo, this little TikTok, TikTok guy or stay on TikTok, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I never really let it affect me, but it was just really cool. It was like, dang, okay. Like, I'm, you know. You got a, you got a exactly, name Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, bro, I – <laughs> it was it was actually pretty just it was good man just to be able to document everything and show people the life of what it's like and just give people an inside access in, into my life for it was just a blessing so you know through me i've been able to watch a lot of your content which is you know how i found you a lot of it you know personally i found incredibly inspiring but what is your advice to others who, you know, maybe are going through something tough, like they're, they've gotten cut or, you know, they've gotten benched. What is your advice to those people? Thing is like, it's all adversity. You know what I mean? It's just all adversity. Um, you really can't do anything about your, your current situation. Like for example, mm-hmm. if you're benched, like, yeah, you can work hard and stuff. And, but like, you just kind of got to fight through that adversity, bro. Like, you're going to want to quit. Um, I'd say don't quit. You know, keep keep going. Keep striving. Do what you can. Uh, just stay ready. Um, like, fight through it. Like, at the end, it's going to be worth it. And, like, if you didn't go through adversity, and what I try to tell myself is, like, and I got to go through this. So like maybe in the future, once I make it out, I, I could tell and help other people who's go, who's going through what I went through so that I can help them. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, adversity is just a stepping stone uh, to greatness. And it's just how you handle it. And um, how you handle it is all going to just tell if you're going to make it out or not. But just keep going, honestly, just keep going. Um, there's so many success stories, uh, you know, so keep going. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. What were some of those, you know, tough situations you dealt with throughout your college career? Yeah, like early in my college days, like, man, if it would, it would be sometimes a bad game, you know, it would be a bad game where we lost and I didn't play as well. Um, you know, I could easily, you know, kind of just suck my head and just, it would have affected my whole team and my whole season, but I had to fight through that, get get back up, get back in the gym the, the next day and just keep, uh, keep going. Um, and later in my career, like this year, like this year at my new school, um, I had a different role. Like, you know, beginning of the year, like it was rough for me to kind of get used to a new system and get used to new coaches and players and, they already had like a foundation built here and I, I thought I was going to come in, you know, kind of do the same thing I was going to do or that I did at my old school. That really wasn't the case. Um, so I kind of was uh, not benched, but I didn't play 
like that. Like I was a reserve player and it was tough, bro, to be able to, you know, just not play and, and stuff like that. But I had to, I had to fight through it. Like it's just adversity. That's all it is, you know, like, um, so what I did was, you know, I tried to be the best team that I could continue to work hard and practice. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, like I'm human. Like it wasn't easy all the time. It wasn't easy all the time, but like, um, my main thing was I didn't want to be a cancer in the locker room, you know, like, shoot, I wanted to just be the best teammate I could be and, uh, just, just fight through it. And that's kind of what I did. So I was scrolling through your Twitter a couple of days ago. So you worked with community action partnership, CAP and you know, your gestures have gotten noticed. How did your social media connect you with CAP and, you know, what motivates you to keep giving back? A guy by the name of Tyler Jordan uh, kind of approached me with this opportunity of uh, helping, um, just helping some charities around the area and that I had co- a connection to. And uh, CAP Community Action Partnership was kind of, in the fold and I looked at their mission in terms of like uh, helping people with poverty and breaking generational poverty. And like, I was like, dang, that sounds dope, bro. Like, so I was like, yeah, I'm on board. And since then, yeah, I'm like raising money to, uh, you know, help uh, raise awareness and um, help them with that mission. And like, it's just a blessing. And I think with my platform, as it continues to grow, like it's bigger than me. And I I always want it to be bigger than me. And like, if I'm able to raise awareness and help a cause that is helping other people, like, bro, I'm all for it. So um, Mm. that's kind of like just the example I try to set too, is just like helping people in need, you know what I mean? Um, And raising awareness if I can. So yeah, I'm excited about that and some other stuff in the future. No, it seems like you got a lot going on. Doing it for the culture, giving back to the community is some of the best stuff you can be doing. Uh, my producer and I actually, we had a meeting the other day and we were talking about like from a personal perspective, you know, how can we expand and how can we grow bigger is not only just, you know, giving and giving and giving until someone, you know, you know, gives us our benefit back, but just giving for the sake of giving, you know, you never know like who you might help and what they might do with that help. Exactly. By the time this releases, uh, we've been fortunate enough to actually get our first sponsor. Congrats, bro. Yeah. Thank you. And we've just, you know, local coffee shop, we know the owners and we've, you know, we're in there like every day we're, you know, always talking and, you know, said, Hey, like, you know, we love your platform. We love what you guys do. It matches our vision. Uh, We'd love to work with you and, they came back at us and said, Hey, like we're offering to build you guys a podcast studio in the basement of our coffee shop. Um, as well as like you guys doing ads for us. So it all comes for a whole circle. It's bigger. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. Um, the community we're building with the locker room is, you know, something that's going to be niche and it's going to follow in that lane of what Friga built and now what you have. So, you know, there's a lot to look forward to, but it all comes back to, you know, just keep giving. Exactly. We're going to kind of come down to these final couple questions. And this is really what, you know, the locker room is all about. In your opinion, what is the biggest misconception about division three athletes? 
that we suck. <laughs> I think as simple as that, like a lot of people in the D1 level, in the D2 level, sometimes maybe even Juco guys, like bro, they uh, they um, look down on D3, like, oh, man, we go D3. Like, yeah, we go D3, but like, bro, there's, I'm trying to tell you, like D3 tournaments going on. I encourage y'all to watch a game or something like that. Like, it's some some real dogs, you know. And like you said earlier, bro, it's just be uh, either they don't have the exposure or, uh, you know, they just choose a D3 school. You know, it is what it is. But, like, um, and then I think a lot of times, too, it's just the athleticism. That's just the kind of the difference. But there's been guards that I've played against who are, like, like that, like, that are tough, but they're just, they're not dunking on people, you know? Yeah, so that's that's yeah. kind of like the difference, I feel like. Um, and I think that's the biggest misconception. So what what is the hardest part about being a Division three athlete? Uh, the hardest part, I'd say just uh, time management. Like, And this is probably for every college basketball player, like just uh, being able to manage like your time, like, I mean, you got practice and then you got got school and then you want to hang out with your friends and do other stuff. And, you know, and if you do too much of something, like if you hanging out with your friends too much or going out or whatever, you're not going to be locked in on the court. Like you could be getting extra shots in or you could be missing assignments. So I think the biggest challenge is really like managing your time and make sure that you are like, you know, doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. So what advice can you give anyone with, you know, little to no offers, you know, later in high school that wants to play college basketball? Um, I'd say, like, first get a highlight tape. You know, once you get that, develop a nice little email and send it out to coaches um, and be kind of realistic. Like, I mean, anything is possible, but, like, if you are if you're like a senior in high school and you've had no offers, I wouldn't hit up Duke. You know, it's just like you know, kind of be real, being realistic. Like anything's possible, but like, feel me, yeah, try to be realistic. <laughs> you know, yeah. So hit up schools where you think you could probably play at, and then uh, definitely hop on Twitter. Like throughout my recruiting process of uh, my last year, you know, trying to find a new place to play at. Twitter really helped me. Like I, I would just put my highlights on there and they would start DMing coaches and the coaches would also DM me too. And I found that low key to be kind of more successful than emailing. So like definitely hop on Twitter, network on there with coaches and recruiting platforms and stuff like that. And then find an AU team and uh, yeah, find an AU team. I wouldn't just find just any AU team. Make sure that AAU team is like going to tournaments where coaches are at. Like, you know, there's a bunch of AAU programs out here that they'll take all your money and you go to these tournaments and there's no coaches in attendance. You know what I mean? Like, the purpose of AAU is to get recruited. So try to find the AAU team and make sure that they're going to these, these, uh, AAU tournaments where coaches actually come. So, yeah, for sure. So, finally, now that your college basketball career is over, what's next for you? Good question. That's what everybody wants to know. Uh, I, I'm not 100% sure, like, what it is yet. 
but like there's so many things I can do. Um, you know, a lot of people want me to keep playing, and if that's overseas, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll see. It would have to be like a really good situation for me, and it would have to make sense. And you know, I'm I'm looking, but uh, we'll see. And if it's like uh, continuing what I'm doing, like in terms of content, like taking that to another level. You know, once now that um, I don't got to go to practices and stuff like that, like really locking it social media and once school is over I can really lock into it so I can see that like with basketball and with not basketball taking off you know and creating businesses around it and stuff but we'll see man like um you know mm-hmm. the season just ended so I, you know I, I got time but no rush I know I know God got me this far so I'm gonna be all right you you work with playmaker don't you yeah, we just started. So that's how have they been able to help, you know, grow your social media? Yeah, thanks, bro. And like, it's a great company, you know, kind of like over time, they're getting, we're getting up there. And, um, you know, they've helped me like kind of like mm-hmm. bring new ideas to the table. For sure. Help me uh, kind of acquire some more audience, like kind of uh, from their fan base over to my little fan base. So, kind of just helping each other in that way so far. Uh, we probably got some definitely some new uh, like content ideas and new business ideas coming up uh, now that like I'm done playing in college and stuff like that. So I, I'm excited for the future with them. Yeah, looking forward to see what you got going on. But with that being said, this concludes our episode. Matt, thank you so much for being here. Uh, before we leave, if you want to plug your Instagram, TikTok, whatever, we'll also put in the description as well as um, community action partnership. We'll put a link in our description to donate. We want to help you out. Uh, we appreciate your time taken out of your day to do this. But with that being said, Matt, sign us off. All right, I'm Matt Lodegray, and this is the locker room where sports unite us. Peace out. Peace.